Hey guys, just jumping on real quick here to talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard of it, Anchor is through Spotify. It's one of the easiest ways just to be able to produce a podcast. It's got everything you need in just one place. So Anchor has the tools. It allows you to record, edit, do everything you need to make a podcast right from your phone or your computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcasts on different platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many different more. It's an awesome tool. I love using it. I've been using it for a little bit now. And the cool thing about it is it's absolutely free. So if you're interested in starting up a podcast, if you're interested in getting involved in podcast work, then download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, if you're dealing with someone who is coming back, hoovering, using reverse hoover, discarding, like going through all the phases all of a sudden, like a lot of times it's just to be able to manipulate you and a lot of times just to see what they can do. Um, they might be in another relationship with a new supply and that supply's already gone on to them. That supply isn't good enough. They've already realized that the person that they're with has started to see the mask start to slip off of them and so they're trying to come back. Um, <clears throat> but a lot of times like they hoover and they want to do it to be able to see what's actually possible. It's like a challenge. Like, can I get back into this person's life? Can I manipulate them to the point where they like love me, they give me supply, and then can I dump them for someone else because this supply wasn't good enough to start off with because I wasn't going to be faithful to begin with. Like a lot of times it is a punishment. A lot of times it is more or less just to try to see what they can do. Narcissists often are like chameleons. And the reason I say this is because they do change a lot of times with their surroundings, with the people that they're like. They don't change their personality. They don't change their core. But what they do is they change the perception. They change the impression. Because you have to remember, they're all about their ego. And they're all about trying to make sure that they look a certain way, that they act a certain way, that they get praised a certain way. And so they become chameleons in different aspects of their life. They'll go to work and they'll be the best boss ever. They'll be the best worker there. And everybody will think like, wow this person is awesome they must have a great relationship great family then they go home and they abuse their kids abuse their wife abuse their spouse like it happens all the time but it looks like a chameleon because they've convinced other people that they're the best dad that they're the best wife that they're the best parent they've convinced other people that they are this great person and that feeds their ego it feeds their supply and then they go home and they treat everybody else like crap so I think a lot of people are surprised about this comment and a lot of people are surprised when a narcissist actually comes out and says or admits, if you gave me the same abuse that I'm giving you, I would leave. And that's very true and it's very common a lot of times with narcissists. I don't say that for you to start giving reactive abuse because that's not good, it's not healthy, it hurts you more than it hurts them. But what I'm saying is a lot of times if a narcissist is cheating on you and has cheated on you 20 times and then you cheat on them once, boom they want to leave. Why? Because they can't handle that accountability. They can't handle what's going on and they can't handle the fact that someone actually betrayed them or made them feel like they made you feel. They don't want to acknowledge those feelings. They don't want to acknowledge that accountability. So this is so true. And I've seen it in my life, the feelings as well of I've done all this wrong. I've hurt my wife so much, but if she cheated on me, there's a big part of me be like, peace, I'm done. So I believe this 100%. I think only God can change a narc. I think narcissists need to go to therapy. I think they need to find God. And I think they need to get in touch with their emotions, feelings, thoughts, and get to the place where they actually admit the truth. 
The problem is if they can't get to the place where they admit the truth, where they see the lies, then they're going to start a wall. They're going to build a giant wall between themselves and other people. They're going to build a wall between themselves and God. And as a result, it gets so high and so big, not that God can't get through it, but that the narcissist can't get through it. That the narcissist builds a wall of lies that protects him from whatever fake trauma is around him, but the narcissist builds a wall that actually shields him from seeing God, from actually seeing truth. So as a result, the narcissist can't get to God. As a result, the narcissist can't get in touch with God or have faith with God because they're unwilling to admit the lies. So I did a video of this the other day, and a lot of people disagreed with me about narcissists having emotions. And that's fine if you want to disagree with me. I'm the narcissist, so I can tell you what I have and what I don't have. But narcissists have big, giant feelings. The problem is they're looming underneath the surface. You don't see them, and they don't know how to process them. So as a result, when they feel certain feelings and they don't know how to process them, the easiest thing to jump back to is just rage. It's just rage. Rage is often controlled by shame. Shame is often stemmed from pieces of guilt. So a lot of times when you see a narcissist rage out, it's because they're feeling someplace deep down inside some type of shame or some type of feeling that they don't know how to process. That's why a lot of narcs get to the place where they have that blank stare and they just shut it down because they get to the place where they're not sure how to process their own emotions. They weren't brought up correctly. They weren't parented correctly where they actually can understand how they can move through those emotions. And as a result, they just shut it down. That's why you get the feeling that most people don't have emotions. Typically, a narcissist will never know they're a narcissist because they don't want to admit that they're actually doing something wrong. They don't want to admit that they actually need accountability. They don't want to admit that they're actually out there hurting other people because you have to remember they're about their ego and they don't think that they're doing anything wrong. So as a result, there's there's narcissists out there that don't know that they're a narcissist, don't acknowledge it, don't get to the place of self-awareness where they can cut the lies and they can look at the facts of their life and be like, hey, the life that I'm living is destroying and hurting other people. They don't think that's an issue. They don't think that's a problem. Stems back because they don't even care. But with a narcissist, they typically don't know. Is there times that they might have a slight idea? I think so. I think there's moments where they have a slight glimpse of truth and then they shove it to the side, they move away. I think there's other times where there is narcissists out there who are confronted with it, realize they're narcissists, and they don't care. They're like, sweet, this is who I am, so y'all just need to get over it. The reason why there's so many narcissists out there today is because literally just because of our culture because of how parents have raised their kids over years and over years and over years. And as a result, you have more parents that are raising kids today with no boundaries, with no accountability, or they're raising them to the place where they don't even care about their kids. They're more concerned about what they're doing in life, their career, their job, whatever it might be, the next person they're gonna be with, but they're not focused on their kids. Then you have the people who are focused so much on their kids that they literally let their kids run the household. They let their kids dictate to them like what they're gonna get, like what car they're gonna buy, or like where they're gonna go, or like everything like this, the kids start being in control because they're like, oh, I need to make it all about them. And as a result, the kids don't have any boundaries. They don't learn how to just do basic function things like making their bed, or getting up, getting dressed, or packing for a trip, or whatever it might be, they end up enabling narcissism. Here's another example of someone who's actually able to get some type of freedom and closure understanding that this other person was actually cheating on them and they had no clue. And a lot of times people know that there's people that are getting cheated on and they do absolutely nothing. Like those people are literally the worst. 
not just the person that's cheating, but another person that knows that it's happening and they don't care? Screw them. They shouldn't be in your life. They should definitely not be in your circle of friends, definitely not be around your family or anything like that because the fact that they knew that, they heard that, they saw that, whatever it was, they aided that abuse. They aided that hurt. They should be grouped in the same category because they hurt you by not even letting you know the truth and not having the opportunity to know the facts so that you could live your life in peace and in clarity. Screw them for not telling. If you know about narcissism and you're able to set boundaries and set consequences to try to keep that person away and to try to geek them so they're not going to come back, you have a higher probability of them not coming back. But the biggest thing is just making sure that you go no contact, that you ghost them, that there's no way for them to contact you at all. Otherwise, oftentimes they will try. Sometimes when people expose them for who they actually are or give like a narcissistic injury, uh, they have higher odds of it not coming back, but it's not always proven to work. Sometimes it gets worse. So a lot of times when a narc comes across feeling genuine and remorseful, like where they're actually seeming sorry, where they're apologizing, where they're begging you to stay or things like that, it's normally at the very end. It's normally at the place where you've communicated, I'm leaving. It's normally at the place where you're communicating, hey, I'm doing better for myself and you're not involved in that new life. Typically, that's when they'll pull out all the stops. They'll start apologizing. They'll start begging. They'll start pleading. And some of that is a ploy to be able to get you to stay so they can keep the supply. Other times, it is a ploy so that they can tell other people and justify it in their mind, oh, I tried. I tried to be able to keep them with me. I tried to be able to have her stay. I tried to be able to have him stay. And I begged them that they wouldn't leave, that they'd work on us, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what people don't see is they'll beg that way, but they won't actually change. They won't actually do something different to be able to change who they are, to be able to change their triggers, to be a better person for that relationship. There's a lot of narcissists out there that don't do a lot on social media because if they did, they would get caught very quickly. Some narcissists are very careful of where they go out or where they go to eat or things like that. They might be dating someone, they take them half hour away to try to avoid the possibility of crisscrossing other people that they've actually been involved with or had affairs with. So as a result, sometimes they do that with social media as well. They'll make it private so other people can't contact them, so other people can't see what's actually going on, or they just start setting up new accounts and hoping that no one ever connects the two together or sees them on a different social media platform. A lot of narcissists are very sneaky about this, where they develop it early on in a relationship. That way they can have a way to get supply, to be able to get out from wherever they are, be able to find someone new, be able to connect with someone, be able to start the cycle over and over again. How long before you want the narc to hoover? Do you want them to hoover in a day? Do you want to hoover in a year? Like, how long do you want them to hoover? Because when it comes down to it, whether they're going to hoover or not, that's on them. That's not on you, that's not your decision, that's not something that you can look forward to or look away from. The biggest thing with a Hoover is block, go no contact, ghost, make sure they can't contact you, make sure they don't Hoover. It is variable, it does change. They could Hoover in a day, they could Hoover in a year. The thing is, they Hoover when the door is open. If the door isn't open, there's not an opportunity to Hoover. If there is no way to contact you, then there is not a way to Hoover. Hoovering only works when the door's open. If the door is shut, if you've shut the door, locked the door, thrown away the key, and they have no opportunity to be able to get back into your life into a place that they can control and manipulate you, then they can't. Focus on your growth, focus on your healing. 
Typically, the only reason why a narcissist would want you not to cry is just so that they don't feel uncomfortable. Mainly, they don't feel uncomfortable at you expressing emotion and them not connecting with that emotion, or they don't want to feel uncomfortable of you expressing that emotion that they are the ones that hurt you, that they are the ones that made you cry, that they are the ones that made you sob or have a panic attack or things like that. And so they might try to fix it by saying don't cry or stop crying because they just want to be able to escape that environment. They want to escape that emotion because they don't know what to do with it. And then all of a sudden they're not able to fix it. They realize there's nothing that they can do. It's not in their control because the other person has emotions and feelings. They need to be able to feel that to be able to process and move on and grow. And so then they just shut down. They shut their feelings and they say, fine cry then do whatever who cares or they might start mocking you or whatever it might be or they'll just walk away because they're not in control of their emotions oftentimes it's easier to make you crazy and to feel crazy than it is to admit that i'm wrong than it is to admit that i feel crazy than it is to admit that i have lies than it is to admit that i've hurt you rather get to the place where you're the one that looks like the bad guy you're the one that you know, is struggling, you're the one that needs help, then actually admit that I need help. If I have to admit I need help, that means I have to be vulnerable. Vulnerable means I have to tell the truth. Telling the truth means I have to admit what I've done wrong. Admitting what I've done wrong means I have to take accountability. Taking accountability means I have to embrace that guilt and actually feel sorry. If I don't want to feel sorry, if I don't want to feel those uncomfortable feelings that I haven't engaged with or I haven't done a good job learning how to process and control and grow through, I'm never going to get to that place. It's easier to control the chaos than it is to admit that I am the chaos. A lot of times I'll get comments or I'll get people that say this, that they don't feel good enough after they've gotten abused, after they've gotten tortured in a relationship that's just been toxic or narcissistic or whatever it's been. They get to the place where they don't feel good enough. You are. You are good enough. The problem is the person that you were with wasn't good enough for you. And because of that, they used lies, manipulation, and cheating to start putting lies around you to make you think that you needed that person. To make you think that you needed crap to be happy. In reality, you're probably already pretty awesome, and you're probably pretty amazing. You just have to let that out, because you are good enough for somebody. The person you were with, they weren't good enough for you because they didn't treat you right. Faith can't function in the pit of lies. So as a result, when I'm lying, when I'm lying about who I am, when I'm lying about who God is, when I'm lying about my wife, my actions, my marriage, when I'm lying about everything, there's no place for faith. Because faith is the idea of having trust or confidence in something or someone. It's a strong belief in God. And if I don't believe that because of my lies, because of the lies that I've told myself, because of the lies that I've told myself about God, the lies that I've told myself about other people, my wife, my marriage, everything like that, faith doesn't have the opportunity to be effective. Does that mean that faith is irrelevant? No. Does that mean that God is relevant? No. Does that mean God can't change a person? No. But there also is an aspect of if my lies are between me and God, there's an aspect that I can't be open to ever having the possibility that faith would even change me.